You're listening to Someone Like Me. This episode was recorded in the early months of 2022. We had just purchased our new Survivor Restoration Campus, and the conversations you hear in this third season will refer to this campus as well as our former name, End Slavery Tennessee. In 2023, our organization rebranded to Ancora Tennessee, ushering a new era as we nurture survivor healing and strategically combat human trafficking in this state of Tennessee. Now, without further ado, we present Season 3 of Someone Like Me. Please enjoy. This is Someone Like Me, the official podcast of Ancora, Tennessee, formerly known as End Slavery, Tennessee. This podcast helps you learn more about the ways Ancora, Tennessee is combating sex trafficking in our state through advocacy, community education and training, survivor aftercare, and legislation. In the last episode, we introduced the new name for this organization and talked about how the mission informed the creation of this new brand. So in today's episode, we dive deeper into the new vision that informed the brand. It's a really big vision, and it touches on important aspects of survivor healing and restoration. It's things like housing and employment, which we will talk a lot about in this season of the podcast. These are becoming a huge part of what Encora Tennessee will be rolling out over the next several years. Our executive producer, Stacey Elliott, is joined by Leah Moyer in this episode, Leah is the Chief Operating Officer for Ancora, Tennessee. Stacy and Leah's conversation touch on the new language being introduced with the Ancora, Tennessee brand rollout. This is someone like me. So welcome. Welcome, Leah. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here today to talk about this great transition. So tell us a little bit about how did you get here? What brought you to the table at Encore, Tennessee? Yeah, the million-dollar question. I feel like we all have kind of our story on what brought us here, and it's always my favorite thing to ask people. But yeah, I think this is one of those issues that intersects with so many other issues. You see this in so many areas of abuse and homelessness, poverty, there's so many correlations. And I think like most people, you have that eye-opening moment where you realize this is not an overseas issue alone. This is right here in my community. And especially, I think for me, becoming a parent, um, knowing the stats about abuse in children and knowing that this could happen in your family, it becomes a little personal. So I think there's been a correlation of things that have led me here, and I would not trade it for the world. I have learned so much about human trafficking, and a lot of things I don't know, I learn all the time. Mm -hmm. I think every survivor story, you learn something new, and that's one thing I love about this podcast is every story is unique, and it's just so cool to hear it from that person, too. Yeah, the stories of the survivors that we serve, but also each of us who have come together to figure out a way to end this. Right. It takes us all. It does. And that actually leads me into what has changed about our mission and vision. So what exactly is Encora Tien's vision statement? So our new vision statement is to eradicate 
human trafficking in Tennessee. Plain and simple. So that's a big job, eradicating yes. human trafficking. But it is a beautiful vision, and I hope that we were able to accomplish that. Yes, me too. So Leah, we have a new mission statement, and I bet it took a minute to figure out how to make that mission statement come to life. Would you talk about the process that it took to develop? Yeah, it was a process. Um, I think your mission, your vision, your values, that's who you are. And I think you have to take a lot of time and make sure a lot of perspectives are involved in curating that. And so we we went through a probably about a six-month process and listened and learned, made sure we really, really got our language right. Yeah. And I think involving those many perspectives, which included staff, our board of directors, our community, and most importantly, our survivors, uh, I think really helped us make sure we felt really, really good about every single word that we chose. So the new mission for Encora TN is to nurture survivor healing and strategically combat human trafficking in Tennessee. Well, I am so excited because I know the values were really challenging. Yes. <laughs> um, because you want to get it right. Right. You want it to encapsulate what we are and what we believe in. Right. So I would love to hear them. Yeah. So we really have come up with these two word statements and then a definition to go along to really explain what that means to us as an agency and how every staff is really living that in their role. So we build on a foundation of trauma-informed principles with a healing-centered approach is how we define that holistic support. And so everything we do from working with a client one-on-one to our ethical storytelling Mm -hmm. in our development department, in our marketing department, making sure that those stories are accurately displaying what our clients' needs are, um, but also not ever further exploiting their experience and that they're getting their needs met first and foremost. Well, tell me another one. I'd like to hear another value. That one was good. Oh, this one's good. Unyielding advocacy. Yes. (laughs) You know, in my mind, when you said that, I I saw Margie Quinn, (laughs) uh, who kind of personifies unyielding advocacy. She has been a part for years and years doing legislative advocacy. And I know advocacy goes beyond legislation. It's kind of the first thing I think of, but uh, advocacy goes with other things too. What, what, What other things does advocacy touch? So I think even working with a client one-on-one, you are advocating for their needs constantly. And so that could be in a courtroom, but not necessarily. It could be working with DCS on custody types of things or housing, working with a landlord to say this person is a great fit in this area and I'm advocating for them to be able to live in a safe environment happening every day, every single day. I like that a lot. What's the tagline with unyielding advocacy? We demand dignity and amplify silenced voices in pursuit of justice. That's so good. I mean, if that's all we did, it would be great. <laughs> Fortunately, we do more, but that's really so good. Yeah. And I think we, we have some strong-willed women on our staff that really lean into this one. <laughs> 
That is true. You know, we're pretty balanced as a staff when you think mm-hmm. about it, aren't we? Yes. <laughs> we have we have our strong, outgoing types, but we also have... These are people that I think are really brilliant. People that don't always speak up, but when they do... It means something. Oh, it's golden. <laughs> I love that we're balanced this way. We yes. need each other. Yep, we do. All right, next one. Imperfect excellence. Oh, that's one of my favorites. My personal favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, So we learn from our successes and fail forward, creating a graceful space for growth. I like that. And, you know, I remember you telling me a story that kind of illustrates this a little bit about how we're constantly growing and learning. And it has to do a little bit with our name change. Mm -hmm. Would you share that story? I definitely can share. I think, you know, we've evolved over the last 10 years. We're 10 this year, uh, which is another great, I think, reason to look forward. I think we've been served really well with In Slavery, Tennessee, and we've learned a lot over the 10 years. We've learned a lot as a nation about what domestic trafficking looks like. And I think when this name was originally chosen, it was because of international trafficking experience. And so in that in that sense, maybe that name does make a lot of sense. And slavery, Tennessee. And slavery. Yes. Yeah, and slavery was a and larger slavery was a larger, yes, yeah. yeah. So it uh, made a lot of sense that that was about 10 years ago is really when I think this issue got a lot of traction, started to get a lot of traction. Yeah. And as we have learned more about this issue, as we have learned just how this looks domestically in this country, what our history is in this country, I think we've learned that this is not a great descriptor of what we actually do and what this issue actually looks like. And so it often can even lead into a misconception onto what we're even talking about. I think specifically when I understand historic slavery in the United States, that's the image that most people think of when they hear the word slavery. Exactly, exactly. And I think my understanding is that as we grew and learned, we learned that It was almost as if we commandeered that word for this issue when it belonged in another community. Right. And so it was not intentional, but the consequences were barriers for some groups to, or some individuals, even our own staff members. I think Mm -hmm. I've heard people say, I was a little reluctant to join in slavery, Tennessee, because I thought... I don't want to be associated with that terminology. Yeah, Yeah, language. language. Yes. I think that's one reason for this rebrand process is we really felt strongly about removing slavery in our language when we're talking about human trafficking because it can be a barrier or it can be offensive in some cases. How about another value? We have have more, right? Yes, we have more. Innovative relationships. Oh, no, what's that about? We fuel our mission through strategic collaboration and community alliances. We cannot do what we do without our community, our partners, our collaborators. Because again, we believe this is a vision to be shared by all. Yeah, and it's a layered. Layered issue. Yeah, there's no way we can handle all of what needs to be done. So we have to rely on, and this is partners on many different levels, right? There are service partners. Right. Faith community. Faith communities. Yeah. Can't do it without them. Um, Other professional organizations, professional groups, doctors, Mm -hmm. attorneys, hairdressers. Hairdressers. Yep. That's a good one. Yoga instructors, people that teach art. Anything that we need in our worlds. Also, we'd like to 
introduce sometimes for the first time to survivors. And sometimes people in the community don't understand that they have something to offer. And if you don't feel like there is a place for your skill set, there's always a place for financial support, always. And that helps us make sure we have the right professional people working with the population we, we need to be in front of them with. Just like anybody, we all know that we can't do life without financial stability. Right. It's no different with yes. this organization. <laughs> Absolutely. So next one, contagious compassion. We act with unconditional kindness by embracing spiritual expression and goodwill. Yeah. And if there's something we want to be contagious. Yes. It is compassion. Yes. I'll take it. <laughs> Bring more of that. Yes. I'd like to catch some more compassion. I know. I think we all could catch some compassion. <laughs> yeah. And we want to spread it too. Unconditional kindness. Oh, unconditional kindness. Yeah. And embracing that spiritual expression and goodwill. Thinking about that in the form of healing, thinking about that in the form of people who feel called to support this work because they know it's the right thing by their own set of values and morals and guiding principles through their faith. There's a place at the table for us to unite and move that needle. So do you think that people often come to this organization from the community as a result of maybe a faith journey, a walk in their faith journey? Absolutely. And there's, I think, a great space for that in the healing process as well, you know, driven by the survivor and their goals. And I think some of the faith community partners we work with come alongside our needs really well. And they really look to us as experts to tell them how they can fit in and support and do that in a very, uh, through your actions. Yeah. And as often as the case, right, when, when you come in to help support someone else and grow in their faith, you end up growing in your faith in ways you never expected. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's almost more impactful. I always find for myself then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here you are offering it, mm -hmm. and here you are getting more than you could have imagined. It's like Absolutely. your cup runneth over. Right. <laughs> <laughs> always the case for me, at least. <laughs> yeah. So I think these values are just our guiding principles for our staff, most especially our staff and our board of directors in everything we are doing. These are at the forefront um, and impacting decisions, impacting our relationships, impacting any of the things that we're really prioritizing. And always come back to those, always come back to those values, that mission, that vision. We'd like to thank Junior League of Nashville for being a community awareness partner with someone like me. Our producers are Stacey Elliott, Caitlin Reed, and myself, Leslie Eiler-Thompson. In addition to being a producer, Claire Bidigary-Curtis is our engineer, and she's assisted by Selena De La Cruz. Special thanks go to our intern, Riley Herman, and the original music you hear is by Zach and Maggie White. Find more about Ancora, Tennessee at ancoratn.org. That's A-N-C-O-R-A-T-N dot org. <laughs>